um, and just said, man, what's your, what's the best thing you can share with me right now as I'm trying to move through the uncertainty of the next, of this next season? Mm. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, you guys, hey, you all have a job. And two weeks later, it's like, I was actually just kidding. All right, Michael. So with that said, what would you say if somebody's come to you, like one of your friends, a business owner, somebody in the community, um, and just said, man, what's the best thing you can share with me right now as I'm trying to move through the uncertainty of the next, of this next season? Yeah. So it's interesting because, you know, we hear a lot of stories about heroic leaders who made extraordinarily grand gestures, to, made extraordinary grand, grand promises mm. you know, to keep every single person employed for as long as possible, no matter what happens. You hear these stories. And, right. and uh, you only generally hear the ones where it worked out okay. <laughs> you don't, you right. don't really hear the stories where that grand gesture was made and then everything fell apart within a couple months. Yeah, like, hey, you guys, hey, you all have a job. And two weeks later, it's like, I was actually just kidding. <laughs> right, like, I, I thought I could do it, but yeah. So I think the, the key is, is, you know, those of us that are in a leader position, leadership position, we, we often want uh, to try to, you know, fulfill that heroic role. And I think it's very, very dangerous to make any big bold statements that you cannot a hundred percent guarantee mm. that's first and foremost, because a, you know, your word is always going to be your greatest asset as a leader. And you don't want to make promises that you don't know you can deliver. Mm -hmm. So we are being as transparent as we possibly can by sharing all the numbers with everyone so that, you know, they're not uh, flying blind, that they can see, you know, I, I see all the plane, the plane behind you, you know, they can see all the instruments just like we can. Yeah. So they understand the realities on the ground and that they know our decisions are not based on a whim or how, just how we feel that day, uh, but rather are based on measured uh, decisions that protect the organization, the students we serve, as well as our team uh, to the best of our ability. Uh, but also being very, very clear that we are going to do what we need to do to maintain the integrity of the business. Right. 
because we need to deliver on the promises that we've made to any students uh, that are currently in our programs. So here's what we've done because, and, and I think this is the key that I'm trying to get across, is because every day is so unknown, mm -hmm. um, we don't want to be making decisions that are based on emotion, first and foremost, because if we do that, we may you know, get really, really stressed out and then say, all right, I'm just, I'm furloughing everybody because I, I can't take it. Because our right. natural inclination is to try to want to move away from discomfort. So if we just say, well, if I just furlough everybody, I won't be as uncomfortable anymore and that'll make me feel better for the moment. But it may not actually be the, the best decision for the organization and the, and the team members. So what we've done, Amy and I, is put together a three question, I guess, litmus test that we're using uh, during this time. And the first question is, do we need this particular role to get through this time? Mm. That's one, it's not, and the answers, you know, it's not, um, there are three different questions and we have to see how we answer all three of them, not just one of them. Yeah. Number one, do we need this person during this time? Number two, do they have skills that we can monetize? Do their skills generate revenue? And number three, are we willing to take a personal financial loss for this particular individual? Those three questions have helped us a lot. It helps you a lot, but man, that's talk about getting real, right? I mean, that's really a gut check, Michael, when you're really saying, okay, what's, you're down at a deep kind of integrity and character level. I mean, that's almost what this environment is forcing us to do is really go to 100%. Are we going to live by what we've always said are our core values? Because now it's actually being tested. That's right. 100%. And, and you know, I'd also like to say too, just, you know, as you go through this, right, as a father and a husband, you know, what what is your perspective on what you hope as your family watches you and your closest friends watch you? And maybe they look back on this period of time and go, you know what, that's what dad did. Right? Or, hey, that's what Michael did. Do you think of things from that perspective? Not necessarily specific to this situation, but I do take the perspective that what I do matters uh, 100% more than what I say. Because yeah. everybody's watching, and we learn by watching. You know, yeah. as human beings, the way that we learn is by copying what other people do. And if I say, you know, if I've got all the right things to say, but I'm not actually acting on what I'm saying, it doesn't make a difference. So, so I, I always think about that, you know, from that perspective is, you know, what, how am I behaving and how does that influence the people, what the people around me are learning? Yeah. Well, that, that makes sense knowing you, right? It really hasn't changed. This is because this is just how you yeah, show up as you go through the world. Here, here's the other, so so I'll you tell you are. the biggest thing. The biggest thing that, that I had to do at the beginning of this process, because I really, you know, if you have a value system set up, mm -hmm. you shouldn't need a new value system for a crisis. Your value system should be able to apply across the board. Right. So, but this is what was happening. For me, I was, I'm still getting, I still have moments of highness uh, during this. And usually for me, they're in the morning when I wake up before everybody else and I, you know, I read the latest news that, right. you know, Congress, you know, f up again, right? Uh, and and again. I'm like, okay, well, so, 
and I review all my numbers and, you know, and uh, where we are, what's going on. So, and then by the end of the day, I usually am a little more uh, philosophical about it. But I think the key is to know that this is not happening to any of us individually. And we're not victims here. And I think that's what I, I really want, you know, my kids and my team and anybody that I serve to recognize that we can't see it as something that is happening to us. What is happening right now is simply a reflection of the world in which we live. And so it is as much us as anything else that could be happening. And this is sort of bigger sort of existential thought, but you know what, one of the things that I, I hope it, my kids see is that the society that we've designed is not sustainable, frankly. You know, if we can't stop all economic activity for a couple of weeks without putting most of the world out of work and not being able to put their food on the table and we don't have a medical infrastructure that can support this kind of situation, which is not a surprise to any expert in the world. Right. You know, if we don't have a financial system that can support uh, something like this happening, then something's wrong with the way we've designed our society. Now, I don't, I'm not going to fix that myself. My kids probably aren't going to fix it themselves. But what it does is hopefully, you know, uh, get them to recognize that they need to be acutely focused on financial independence at a very, very young age. Mm. And one of the things that I hope the younger generations, you know, take from this, that if they were making poor decisions going into it, it makes it that much harder to manage. If you're making good decisions going into it, then, you know, it makes it easier to manage. Like you said, you're okay for a few years, even if you didn't earn incomes, because you've probably been making good financial decisions, you know, for a long time. Eh. <laughs> you know, but, but you know what, you're, you know, you're right though. I told my son, I said, I know your income is super limited right now, but if you just took 500 a month, by the time you were my age, we mm -hmm. actually did it, right? It'd be worth 1.8 million. And that's if you never increase that. That's the power. Yeah. But let me just summarize because I know you got a team meeting come up, right? And I love where yeah. you came from. It's right. Uh, your first inclination was, you know, a lot of us want to come and be the hero and kind of, you know, make the big decisions yeah. and, and give everybody I say hope. I say resist it. Don't right? I say resist it, resist it, resist it. Resist that because uh, what you talked about, it's, hey, show everybody the instruments. Be real. Right. Say, here's our numbers. Yeah. Be transparent. Yep. Say, so here's how long, you know, we might be able to make it. Yep. Uh, just so you know, we, you know, uh, like they just and mandated. Here, and here's our, and we have a very specific decision-making process that we're going to use if we have to make any changes. And it's going to be consistent across the board. So we're not going to play favorites. Yeah. And here's what it is. Here's how we're looking at, you know, this. If any of you have any questions, please come talk to me. I'll let you know just my initial thoughts. Yep. But I think you're right. Even though those are uncomfortable sometimes. That's exactly what people want to know is they want yep. to know that this is where I stand. Yep. This is where I'm at. This is yep. probably what it looks like. Maybe you ask those questions for me or go, you know what, John and his role and the skills that he has right now is I just probably if things continue is not going to be on the team. And I would probably want to know that right now. So I can yep. actually start, even though that might be painful to hear. Yep. That's right. It is the truth. And I think the longer you put off a difficult conversation, then it actually you're actually doing a huge disservice to people. That's right. And you make it harder. 
And then, right. So you can actually have conversations just like this and maintain the relationship. If you do it from the right heart, you do it with authenticity and you share er earlier. Yep. 100%. And I think, you know, you know, share early and often at the earliest possible moment so that um, you're not surprising people. Surprises, unless, you know, they include um, more money or other kinds of, you know, things that make people happy, don't bode well for these kinds of situations. So, so if we lay it out at the beginning, then everybody knows where they would stand in that process. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, uh, they understand it and ultimately respect it when, uh, you know, if you do have to make any, you know, those kind of tough decisions. So that's what we've been trying to do. But, you know, we didn't have a game plan for it beforehand. But as soon as we went into it, we said, okay, here's plan A, plan B, and plan C. So we, we know, okay, this is what we're doing up until this date, and we evaluate at this date. At this date, if nothing has changed, we'll stay with plan A. If something has changed, or if by before that date, some other trigger, you know, forces us to change, then we'll go to B, and then we'll go to C. So, you know, we have a sense of, we've done our, we, like, as soon as we knew that this was happening, we started doing scenario planning right away. Right. It doesn't necessarily, you know, we're not sort of sitting around going, all right, we did our planning, but, you know. At least well, and, we, uh, and, and the scenarios change day by day. But I like what you said, though, right? I think this is really key. Yeah. Um, because I've seen this from both you and Amy, when you have a value system and you're in touch with it and you're working every day hard and what you do to honor those values, right? Yeah. You don't need to all of a sudden need a new value system for a crisis. What you do is you double down to tap into those to say, That's okay, right. how do we use those to inform us as things are changing around us? That is almost like the anchor in the storm on, you know, just how do we, you know, we don't get washed out to sea. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you know, and um, you're familiar with what a storm anchor is? Yeah. 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 So, you know, you put out a storm anchor, you know, just to hold the boat from getting, you know, tossed around and it produces a huge amount of drag, but we need a certain amount of drag right now so that we don't make decisions that are just based on emotions and whatever you know, the New York Times is promoting that particular day. Without a storm anchor, then we're just getting blown around by the wind and the currents and the waves and the whole thing. But we're a little bit steadier in all of that, you know, mayhem. I think because we've said, okay, this is our plan until something changes, this is the plan. And when something changes, but but we don't let it just, you know, sort of day by day uh, be affected uh, by whatever the currents are doing on the deck. You know, it's interesting what makes me think of, right? Like your, your storm anchor is, you know, how you make decisions, your value system, right? But you can also be that storm anchor for your team because of you're going through this, you're being transparent, you're being real with them. You're, you know, you're sharing, you know, some of the, here's where we hope it goes, but this mm-hmm. also could be reality. And I think actually just being, truthful with people in a period of time and even just being not afraid to admit, you know what, I don't have all the answers. This is day by day and we're constantly trying to do our best. And you know what, that's, and I'm just sharing that with you. I think for some people that could be their storm anchor. The fact that, you know what, yeah, you know what, we'll get through this because we got 100%. I said said to them, listen, you know, very often I'm the one that has the big shoulders to support and help you guys through all the anxious moments 
that you experienced, you know, throughout the day, week, you know, uh, month, year, etc. But I, you know, I got to be perfectly honest with you. I have anxiety about this. I'm nervous about this. I do believe that, you know, we'll come out, you know, uh, that we may be reconfigured. We may be, have a different model, you know, a, a number of months from now. Uh, but we'll be here. We're not going to go anywhere. Yeah. We'll be here. And I just want to let you know that I have the feelings that you've got right now. You know, so like, I, you know, I think you just got to be truthful with them, you know. And I think the worst thing you ever you can do for somebody when they're, um, you feel like shit is to tell them that everything's fine. It's just idiotic. You know, it's like, what's wrong? You should be happy. Everything's fine. You're they're fine. You know, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, who knows where we're going to go. But in a time where all your, your usual advisors and experts don't have the answers, then you got to go back. You know, you got to trust your gut and your value system and look inside yourself rather than, you know, look to everybody else to have the answers for you. Right. Well, thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Anything I can be doing for you? Just keep doing you, man. You know, you're always out there. Uh, lifting people up. So thank you for that. And, you know, and same thing for our community. You know, you, you're such an important member in this community and, and leader in this community that anytime you pop in there on Facebook and share some words of encouragement, I always get a big smile on my face because, you know, we can't do this alone. I certainly can't. I'm not, I'm not big enough a figure to, to go in there and lift all of them up. I need to link arms with uh, folks like yourself. Well, thank you. I got to tell you, I, I wrote and then rewrote and rewrote and rehearsed my dad's eulogy until I had it. You know, I, I, I'm like, okay, I got, I'm going to do this. So then my mom goes, well, let me hear it. So I did it. She was my invited rehearsal. Oh my gosh. I was a complete shit show, but thank God though, because by the, about the fifth time I did it with my mom and she had a couple little tweaks, I was able to do the eulogy and it was weird because the churches shut down. Yeah. It was me and my mom, the priest, the cantor, in the organist, they wouldn't let anybody else in the church. Oh, wow. So it was live streamed. But uh, the feedback we got from everybody, hundreds of people around the world that saw it was just epic. Oh, wow. uh, and I shared with people, it's because, you know what, I think, you know, if I had just stood up there and what I would have done in the past, just tried to yeah. say some things, right? But I had it, uh, I had I'm it so right proud. there in front. And I actually printed it out in 14 point font because I knew, yeah. I knew there was going to be a point where I'm just doing this, right? Yeah, um, like you're going to have like wet spots on the paper, you know? But here's the cool thing though, be, but because I took what you shared with me and I know you got to run, it was yeah. a massive blessing, especially to my family, my cousins, the kids, grandkids, aunts, uncles, everybody who couldn't be there in person. Every single one of them texted me personally how meaningful it was. So thank you. Beautiful. Yeah. No, so proud of you. Thank you. Stuff like that makes a difference. Good.